development, and this news keeps coming in as we're talking here. Uh, I think we want to start off with, uh, uh, I think right now we want to start off with Vivian Thomas and, uh, our tribute, right? Yeah, man. Let's get into it. Um, uh-oh. Shout out to Nafi for pulling up on us. She says, Russia is playing on my app. My alerts are, are on. I'm telling you, she she it's her phone. It's her phone settings. Like, you might have it on on your app, but if yeah. you don't have it on on your, uh, like, on your phone, if your phone is set to do not stir for your apps, then it's not going to work. Mm. Uh, yeah. But uh, today we're going to be talking about Vivian Thomas and... Uh, for Black History Month, I think me and Eric decided that we're gonna just focus on uh, focus on people in the medical field that have an expertise in some type of healthcare and brought about a drastic change in healthcare. And today we're gonna be talking about Vivian Thomas, who is somebody that uh, me and Eric both uh, follow very yep. closely. But in addition to that, he has a very uh, a very humbling story, and it it yeah. talks about it talks about his story is ultimately the uh, what it means to be the bigger person because I don't think I could have been I could have been him in his day and age doing what he was doing and accomplishing the things he was accomplishing and not getting recognized for it. You know, it, there's so yeah. only so much about being humble or being upright or being this person of honor that you can that I personally feel like I can handle that I would have to push back. So the a lot of our uh, tributes go to this, but just a quick story. If you don't know who Vivian Thomas is, Vivian Thomas is basically known as the godfather of uh, surgical uh, surgical technician. He's uh, he should have been known as the godfather of the blue baby syndrome, but that was something that was ripped away from him. That Eric will talk about in depth. But just a little bit, you yeah. know, about him. He's from uh, he was he traditionally worked out of uh, Vanderbilt, but he's most prominently known for working in. Uh, John Hopkins, and I worked out in the Baltimore area for a little bit, so I had an opportunity to go out and actually check out this site, go to his old lab, and not only see his lab and where he practiced, but also have the benefit of meeting some of the students he taught. Uh, Dr. Peone, who was a heart surgeon out in Lubbock, Texas, took tutelage under him and explained how important he uh, was and how important... uh, it was for him to learn from someone like this and how the discord of back then really caused people not to understand what was going on. So Eric will read a little excerpt uh, and we'll put all that information in the description about where you guys can read up on this person. But uh, Eric, what you what you got on him and uh, you can push with that excerpt. Well, um, if, for people who don't know, I mean, we know we've had a lot of people just join the channel recently here and now, both uh, in the... Uh, medical profession um and we it's really near and dear to us i mean it's something that we've been in and for like hero 10 years me eight years um he's just a prominent figure to us and we're going to explain something like just a little bit of history and then we'll get on to the uh we'll get into the rest of the agenda for the night so shout out to the people that are watching with us and hopefully you uh, this is something that inspire uh you like it inspire here or not so give me just one second i'm pulling up that 
um article and then i think we got a few people coming in the chat too so the chat is already getting active shout out to y'all so without further ado let's get into the no. story so dr vivian go ahead Eric. so uh his name is Dr. Vivian Theodore Thomas. He was born in Lake Providence, Louisiana in 1910. He's the grandson of a slave. He went to Pearl High School in Nashville, graduated with honors in 1929. He ended up getting a lab assistant job in 30 with Dr. Alfred Blaylock at Vanderbilt. He studied anatomy and physiology by Blaylock, and he ended up mastering complex surgical techniques and research methodology in an era when institutional racism was the norm, Thomas was classified and paid as a janitor, despite the fact that by the mid-1930s, he was doing the work of a, po a postdoctoral researcher in Blaylock's lab. He ended up doing groundbreaking research into the cause of hemorrhagic and traumatic shock, and, it, shock, and eventually uh, be, uh, was able to go on to, to solve the issue of crush syndrome and saved a bunch of uh, thousands of soldiers in uh, the battlefield of World War II. Some, uh, fast forward, um, Blaylock eventually got an offer to go um to um Johns Hopkins and by 1940 Blaylock and Thomas were doing uh unheard of uh, surgical research and then eventually Blaylock was offered the chief of surgery position at Johns Hopkins in 1941 so Thomas and uh Vivian Thomas ended up coming with them so we fast forward uh two years later we get to the blue baby syndrome and Thomas was charged with the task of creating the first blue baby light condition in a dog and he, the way that he was supposed to correct it was through by means of pulmonary to subclavian anastomosis now for y'all if y'all don't know what anastomosis means it's a fancy way of saying sewing vessels uh uh blood vessels together essentially if that's the most simple way i could uh <laughs> say yeah, it no pretty um, much so two years of laboratory work and some 200 dogs later which would never be allowed today because people love their dogs <laughs> um, he did get away with a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah he ended up figuring it out and then what happened was um he they had to convince the people at johns hopkins that it was a viable surgery and they ended up being able to do it so the first procedure was done in 1944 uh vivian thomas stood on a step stool behind dr alfred blaylock and literally whispered in his ear and talked him through the first surgery while dozens of physicians and residents and medical students all sat in the in the thing and watched so um they said thomas's surgical technique included one he developed in 1946 for improving circulation in pa patients whose great vessels the aorta and pulmonary artery were transposed a complex operation called an atrial septectomy the procedure was executed so flawlessly by thomas that blaylock upon examining nearly undetectable suture line was prompted to remark vivian this looks like something the lord made now if you want to see a movie about this that's actually uh the name of the movie something the lord has made that's the name of the movie it's actually really good it's a it's a heartfelt movie and it shows the grind of somebody who was really dedicated to their craft now i know we got a lot of people <laughs> we got a lot of people in the comments who who are very very big in their careers and profession and most of the people that rock with us got it out the mud Shout out to Christian. Shout out to Nafi. We know y'all grind. We know y'all got out the mud. Me and Harold got out the mud too. So this guy, after coming up with this, was still getting paid like a janitor. Shout out to Christian. He watched that movie. He liked the movie. 
I mean, it's a great movie, and it just talks about the struggles that people go through. And some of the world's most famous surgeons, that even people that are legend to be the hero of myself, Dr. Dan Cooley, um, Dr. DeBakey, uh, Frank and Rowena Spencer, Dr. Alice Haler. We know all these. We're in the, um, <laughs> we are in this field. We are literally two generations removed from these people. I mean, here and I are very, very close to this. But anyway, going on, there were some struggles that um, that uh, Dr. Vivian Thomas had to struggle, you know, had to wrestle with because the guy who, who was coaching and mentoring up, up also had to keep up appearances by, you know, now nah, you can't bring this guy to the party. Now, nah, if this guy comes to the party, he better have a tux on and carrying a tray. And... Um, <laughs> There's so, a lot of things. There's a lot out. that has to be like said about because, like I was saying in the beginning of this, like the reason why I couldn't have been a, a Vivian Thomas is because the balls you have to have in order for you to put saving lives over being respected. That's something yes. that our forefathers uh, had had a lot of tolerance and patience yeah. because he saved. A, and you have to also be innately aware. He wasn't out here being able to use this procedure to help people that look like him. All those babies were white. And it doesn't really matter the life that you're saving, but he didn't have the opportunity to bring this information to his own people. He didn't get an opportunity to teach this to his own people. And even with the opportunity to perform these procedures, he never got the credit he was owed. There were books written about this. There were procedures that were patented over this. There was equipment that was patented over this that he never saw a dime of. His family never saw a dime of. But there is an iron bus in the hallway next to a janitor's closet to be of some symbolic irony with his name and everything on it. And you would think after all he's done and all the doctors he's created in the honorary system, in the era of the honorary system, he would receive an honorary plaque. And that wasn't something that even happened. He didn't even get an honorary doctor's degree. He was given a JD degree because of some uh, fallacy in their thought process. Uh, Baldwin is a scumbag. Hopkins is a scumbag because they continue (laughs) to degrade his name and use it to also amplify, uh, Vanderbilt and Hopkins both have a funding, a fund foundation for this procedure. But uh, luckily for us, or not even luckily, thank God that Vivian was able to install this mindset of being great in his children, and they've been able to prosper in the medical field. But it's really, yeah. it's really annoying to to read about these stories and have somebody come up and say to me something absurd like, "When I come to draw blood on a patient." Oh, can the doctor be here to draw blood on a patient? And I think that's everybody's visceral reaction, though. See, th- this the thing that I take away from this story is, and I like what Christian said that it's that's something he, he says that's something you don't see uh, too much nowadays. People willing to struggle without recognition, and I think that's what I take away from it. And I understand where you're coming from. It does suck. To not be able to to for people to have a, a a preconceived idea about what a physician looks like. At the end of the day, who do if you need your life safe, why in the heck doesn't matter who comes in and saves your life? And I, I that's the only thing I care about. I mean, the job that you and I do is thankless. We know exactly what we're doing directly affects somebody and is literally going to save somebody's life, and they will never see us ever. I don't know. I actually have a video that my that my organization did about me. If you go find me on 
Facebook. Um, there's a video that my organization did about me, and I actually talk about this. It's like people like him, people like us, live in the shadows. We do the we do the work, but nobody ever knows that we do it. I said we live in the shadows, and a lot of people like this live in the shadows. They do all the work. They do all. I mean, and, and by the work, I mean there was a dirt road, and they had a, they had a hoe, and they just dug the road. They just dug the road, pa- and paved it. And paved it all by themselves without anybody knowing. And honestly, I say shout out to these physicians because these physicians did not have to recognize him. But these are legendary physicians that even gave props to this dude. They wouldn't be who they were without that. Man. (laughs) So, I mean, I think it's a great story because, yes, he did get an honorary doctorate, but it was an honorary doctor of laws rather than medical doctorate. He was also appointed to the faculty of John Hopkins Medical School as instructor of surgery, and he retired in 1979 and wrote an autobiography. He died November 26, 1985, from pancreatic cancer at 75. So, I mean, this guy is an absolute legend. I mean, this guy inspires Hero and I to do what we do, not just in the operating room, but on this podcast. Mm. I mean, right now, not that many people know who we are. We know why we're on here. We're really trying to, uh, we are trying to give information to people from a different perspective than they normally wouldn't get it. You know, I mean, we are who we are, and we have the personality we have, and we look the way we look, and it doesn't matter. I mean, we the, our, our goal is to identify with as many people as possible, regardless of where you come from, what you look like, who you go to bed with, what what kind of clothes you decide to wear today. We don't care about any of that. Do we can? Where can we find common ground, and where can we grow together? And, and and learn about each other and really just identify with each other. So I'm glad that we get to identify with Dr. Vivian Thomas today, and I'm glad I get to identify with y'all in the chat and my, and with my brother, who I love very much on this on this YouTube channel. So that's our tribute to the good doctor. May he rest in peace. No, definitely, definitely, and I love you too, Eric. And uh, more than anything, we love you guys for joining us, and we appreciate you guys joining us. But that's just been our take. That's our little tidbit into. Our tribute, we'll be doing this uh, at least once a week. We'll be picking somebody to talk about uh, in depth and give you guys a closer look into some of our heroes in the medical field that have inspired us to keep working in the healthcare industry. It's it's a it's not an easy job, but nothing in life was easy, and our shoulders were built for it. So we appreciate you guys taking into that. Uh, you can find us on all major platforms as far as the podcast is concerned, Spotify, uh, YouTube, Google, everywhere. There's nowhere you can't find us. And if that's too hard for you, right underneath my face, you can use my link tree and find all those links. If you want to get in contact with Eric, you can swim in the comment sections of the YouTube page or you can hit him up on IG. Our our podcast is our easiest way of finding us. Sometimes we do some impromptu, but we're always going to be live on Tuesday at night. Uh, Appreciate you guys for joining us. Let's get to the next show. But it's so hard to find through the daily grind. We're working overtime, and I'm sleep deprived. Shorty on the line, and we fuzz and fight. Seems like every night, don't care who's wrong or right. I hope the end is sight. Slow.